Hello and welcome. Welcome to the University of Spiritual Warfare. Bible Code 7, University of Spiritual Warfare, where we teach you the true meaning of spiritual warfare, how to engage the enemy, how to protect and preserve yourself, your family, and your loved ones. I am teaching you based upon my personal experience with the adversary, my near-death experience, number one. Number two, I'm giving you the revelations that the Lord Jesus has given to me. And not only am I giving you the revelations, I'm bringing you the understanding. After all those years, understanding what has transpired and the teachings that God has given to me. I've written five books. My last book is The Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. It's presented by Bible Code 7. I'd like you to get that book, available at Amazon, Barnes, and Nobles, or you can go to BibleCode7.com. Bible Code 7. So let's begin with tonight's teaching. I want to teach you and bring you up to scratch on the destruction of God's people. July 13, 2023, and uh, let's go to the Word of God. Have your Bibles handy, piece of paper, and pen, Hosea 4, Hosea chapter 4. Let's look at the sixth verse. Hosea, the fourth chapter, the sixth verse. It reads thus, this is God speaking, my people are destroyed. God is saying, my people, they're destroyed. For what? For lack of knowledge. They don't have knowledge. This is God speaking now. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he goes on, he stipulates, because you have rejected knowledge, he's talking to his people, I, God, will also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me, no intercessor to me, and seeing that you have forgotten the law, the word of your God, I will also forget your children. What an indictment. What a complaint by the Almighty God against his people. Telling them, this is the reason why you're destroyed. This is the reason why you're battered, you're bruised. And I was one of them. God's people. Battered and bruised because I lacked knowledge. I didn't know how to war. I had rejected because I was a new Christian. I was an atheist just coming in from the cold. I was a new Christian. Didn't know anything about God. the Bible. Knew nothing about anything. Nothing. I had rejected God. I had rejected knowledge. So God put me on a fast track. God says, I'll also reject you. You shall not be a priest to me. You have forgotten me, the law of your God. I will also forget your children. All right, so what's God doing and what's God saying? God is lamenting the fact that among his people, the knowledge of God's words and knowledge of who God is was deemed not important. They didn't study to show themselves approved to God. I used to hear when I went to church that the the, mo the best book, the most important thing to look at, read, watch, was the Bible. 
And that most Christians, not all, most Christians, they pick up the Bible on Sunday morning, they dust it off, they take it to church, and they only open it when the preacher says, open your Bibles to such and such a scripture. When they go home, they put it back on the shelf or the desk, and they never open it back again till the next Sunday or the following Sunday whenever they go to church. This is what God is complaining about. God says, my people did not pass on the knowledge of me to their children. They did not tell their children what I have done for them. They did not testify to their children. Tell their children the wonderful testimonies of how great God is. And now, just like in the scriptures, Judges, the third chapter, now there has arisen a new generation of your children, young people, that does not know God. And neither do they know the wonderful things that God has done for his people. They have no testimony. They don't know God. Why? Because it was not passed on from the parents to the children. Not only was it not passed on, but the parents did not deem the study of God's word important, vitally important. God says, because they don't know me, your children don't know me, I'll forget them. They have no relationship with me. They don't know me. I'll forget them. Why? They don't want me. They're too busy. So I'll forget them. And when I forget them, Satan and the wicked will pounce upon them. He'll destroy them. What an indictment. So what is the solution and what ought we to do? We ought to make sure as grandparents, number one, parents, number two, pass on the knowledge to our children as best we can. Open the word of God to them. Teach them, tell them how much Jesus loves them. Tell them Bible stories. Tell them your testimony. Tell them you were, you know what, atheists, sinners, whatever the sin was. You made mistakes. Tell them you made them. I didn't know any better. I was a fool. I tell my grandchildren that all the time. I was the biggest fool you ever saw. I was an atheist. I told them, I tell them all the time. I didn't know any better. But Jesus had mercy on me. And when Jesus came, came in my life, he made all the difference to me and in the world. He changed me and he changed my circumstances. So tell your children and don't let this scripture, Hosea, the fourth chapter in the sixth world, my people are destroyed for the because they lack knowledge, because you have rejected knowledge. Don't let that be an indictment against you. You have rejected knowledge of me. God says, because you have done that, I will also reject you. You reject me, I will reject you. Oh, my God, look at that now. God wants me to tell somebody this. You know the scripture. The scripture says, return to God, he'll return to you. Draw near to God. You'll draw near to you. If God depends on you to make the first move, God will not force himself on you. God is telling everyone who call himself by the name of the Lord, draw near to me. And if you don't, 
God says, I'll draw away from you. I'll allow certain situations to come to you. And when these situations come, you'll cry out to me. And that has happened in the Bible. Let's look at Judges, the third chapter, and let's look at the ninth, the ninth verse. Judges 3 and verse 9. And it says, And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a what? Deliverer. He raised up a man. Or it might have been a woman. A deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them. It goes on to stipulate even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Shamgar. <laughs> and people like those, those are what God called deliverer. Moses was a deliverer when the people cried out to God. So the Bible stipulates, call unto me. And I will answer you. I'll show you great and mighty things you know not of. So God depends on his people to call on him. But God doesn't want you to just call when you need a deliverance or you're in a heat of something. He wants you to have the knowledge of him. He wants you to know him. He wants a relationship with you. You lack the knowledge. My people, they are destroyed because they lack knowledge of me. They don't study my word. They stay far from my word. But God is a God that wants to immerse himself in you. And how does he do so? Through his word. Ah, we are looking at the word of God tells us what is coming. And not only what is coming, what's already here upon the face of the earth. We are seeing upon the face of the earth some of the most stringent things that are happening right now. Wars, rumors of wars. We're seeing deception. We're seeing uh, all manner of evil camouflaging themselves as good. We're seeing people being told that there are more than two genders. Nowadays, if you teach or you talk about X chromosomes and the Y chromosomes and what makes a man, you're fired. If you begin to teach science, how a man is made and how a, a, a girl or a woman is made. And if you begin to teach true biology, you're fired. A medical doctor cannot say or define what a woman is or what a man is. A Supreme Court justice, sitting Supreme Court Justice of America cannot define a woman, and she is a woman, a mother, and a wife. And she can't tell you the difference between her and her husband, who's a man. Then I can't define that. And that's how she got her position as a top level, one of the top level judges in America today. Why? Because of the things that are coming. Did God say all this thing is going to come? Yes, he did. All this confusion, perilous times shall come. People will be lovers of their own selves. All of what you see happening, the Lord warned us and told us. It's in the Bible. And that's what I'm bringing to you. So what's advertised to come is already here. Now I want to inform you about a couple of things that I've read, I've researched. Uh, I see them. I've done the studies on him over the years. And I was reading the other day, and I saw that they were talking about in London, England, in Europe, and that they're 
possibly will bring it over to America. 15 minutes containment cities. In other words, you can't go more than 15 minutes from one end where you live to 15 minutes down the road as if you're an animal tied to a stake or a tree. You're tied by a rope. You have 15 minutes to go this way and you can go around in a circle, but you can't go any further. You cannot leave a certain defined geographical area. It's called or referred to as a 15-minute containment city. And as I was reading that, they said that in England, it is already working. And in certain parts of Ireland and certain parts of Europe, it's already working. And I looked at that and I laughed because the Holy Spirit brought this back to me. And then when I looked and I really began to work, to, to research, the World Economic Forum, they've already placed on their website, they've already advertised, they've already said, they've already broadcast. It says, you own nothing by 2030, but you are guaranteed to be happy. So all that's coming soon. You will own nothing. You won't own a house. You won't own a car. Maybe you'll own a few pieces of clothes you have. You won't own your apartment, your condo, your, where you live. You won't own it. You will own nothing. What part of nothing don't you understand? Nothing means nothing. Maybe you'll own your clothes, your underwear. You know, you can't share that or give that away or something of that nature. Shoes, you know, personal effects. But they advertise you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Well, they have that coming soon because by 2030, Agenda 2030, and I've taught you so much about Agenda 2021, this is when they intend to have everything in position by and implemented and working. Everything is moving at warp speed. And all of what you see going on, wars, rumors of wars, is to what? Push the agenda of Satan. So that by 2030, Satan will be enthroned, and he most likely will be sitting in the temple of God, which will be built, speaking and declaring himself to be God. So what are we seeing when we see something of this nature? We are seeing history doing a repeat of itself. Why do you say that, Bishop? Well, it's in the Bible. The Bible talks, and they talk about this as 15-minute cities. They talk also about living in cities with stacked houses, meaning apartments, condos, up and down, 10 stories high, 5 stories high, whatever. Efficiencies, stacked houses. They're tearing down the old, they're making the new. Have you noticed that they're making uh, condos, one-bedroom efficiencies smaller and smaller nowadays? They have to. So many people need them. And where are they making them? They're concentrating them in cities. So here we have living in cities with stacked houses. You'll own nothing, you're guaranteed to be happy. So what is this going on here? Answer. This is an imitation of New Jerusalem that was revealed in the book of Revelation by John the Revelator. 
John the Revelator said, I saw a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, and he gave the dimensions of it, and it was a square city that could hold everyone, all those that have been uh, taken up to heaven, and everybody would live in that place called New Jerusalem. It was a cubed city. There's a, a what they call a Rubik's cube. Think of it as something of that nature. It's cubed. Same distance, same measurement on all four sides. So what is going on with this city? Why is everything coming? Because Satan attempts to create a utopia here on earth. And what does he do? He imitates God. Simple. Satan is an imitator. He's not a creator. He is not an inventive or created bone in Satan's body. All he can do is corrupt, pervert, and destroy. And he'll try his very best to imitate God. So Satan will have his what? Cube city. Stacked city. Living in stacked city. 15-minute cities. Imitating what? New Jerusalem. And they'll build this as something new and something creative. And oh, it's good for the environment and it's good for everything and everybody. You will own nothing. But you'll be happy. Notice he said you will own nothing. Because in New Jerusalem, when all the believers in Jesus Christ caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then when New Jerusalem is prepared and it comes down from heaven, they'll all go there to live. They won't live in heaven. They will live in where? New Jerusalem. And after they live in New Jerusalem, they're not going to have money up there, okay? God will give them a place to live. We talk about uh, having a mansion. Uh, God preparing a mansion. I've gone to prepare a mansion for you. Well, that's what he's going to be preparing. Jesus is going to be preparing. Or he has already prepared for us. It won't cost you a penny. You can't buy it. So the devil is saying to you, you won't own anything. You won't own it. You don't have to buy it. And you'll be happy. Why is he telling people that? Because when all of God's children live in New Jerusalem, well, we won't just be happy. We'll be what? Full of joy. We'll be ecstatic. Huh? We will be so joyful. Hmm? We will be delighted. We'll see Jesus as he is. We'll be in a state of bliss. And this is what the devil is trying to what? create down here. You won't own anything. You won't have to worry about money. Yeah, and you'll be happy. The food you get, you'll be given your portion daily. Why, why, why is he going to give you your portion daily? Well, he imitates the Lord, our Father's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> Satan will give you your daily bread. And that's what he is intending. He wants to give everybody a stipend, a certain amount of money, hmm? a living wage. He wants to give you some money when you don't have to work for it. Every month you get a certain amount of money. Because you see, he wants to imitate God. He wants to create a utopia here on earth. He wants to imitate God, owning nothing but happy. Why? Because he wants your worship. Satan wants what? Worship. You see, all this will be done in exchange for what? Worship. 
Or will you worship so you worship Satan? Satan you cannot see. So who will you worship? They worship governments, mm -hmm. political parties, individuals. Huh? So this is Satan attempting to be like the Most High. Didn't he promise or didn't he swear that he will ascend above the heights of the clouds, Isaiah 14, uh, 13 and 14, and become like the Most High God? Yes, he did. He swore that. And this is what he's going to do. Now, let's go to the Bible, Revelation 21, and look at verse 1. We'll see where this scripture is taken from. Revelation 21.1. This is in the final analysis, the last book of the Bible, the last book of the New Testament, the last book of Revelation, the last chapter. And John the Revelator said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. There was no more sea. Oh, that's a whole lot of teaching right here. Whole lot. So when John explained what he saw, and he explained the revelation, he says, I saw a new heaven. All of what you're looking at up there will be destroyed. God says, I'm going to tear that up. I'm going to destroy it. Sun, moon, star, everything, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to create something brand new. New, 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 new. God is going to create a new heaven. You've got to understand the word of God. So all of what you're looking at in the starry heavens is going to be what? Destroyed. Torn down. And I'm going to create what? A new earth. The earth that we know. Think about your house, your address, and what your house looks like. Think about the grass, the trees, the rivers. Think about the sea. See, God says, I'm going to destroy it. Uh-huh. First heaven and the first earth passed away. There was no more sea. You won't be able to go to the beach again. So make sure you understand that all this, God says, is going to go away. Why? God has to show his what? Creative ability. God is a creator. The devil is a corrupter and a perverter. He cannot create. So remember now, all of what you hear about the earth, all of what you hear about heaven, is going to be burned up. This earth is not our home. And even these bodies are not our homes. We're only temporary occupants in your physical body. This is just your physical house. All right? God said, I got a new body for you. What matters is what? The soul, your soul, your soul between your ears, your thoughts, your imagination, your faith, your belief. That's what matters. I didn't know that when I was an atheist. So I had the wrong belief and the wrong belief system. But God showed me this is what matters. So God says, I have a new heaven coming and a new earth. New heaven, new earth. I got new Jerusalem coming. I got a new earth. First heaven, first earth. Pass away, blown up. But the word of God, it will be obliterated. No more sea, just land. All right? All right, so this is what God says. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. The holy 
city. Not Jerusalem in Israel. Forget that. That's bad real estate. God said, I'm going to destroy that thing. I'm going to blow it all up. I'm going to obliterate it. I got a new city, holy city, coming down, new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a what? Bride adorned for her husband. Wow. God said, this is my gift to my children, those who worship me, the Christians, the believers. I got something new for you. Isn't that what God says in his word? Behold, I do a new thing. I got something new coming. God doesn't depend on the old thing and uh, getting a couple of bulldozers and excavators and bulldozing the things and hauling away the old bricks and the mortars and the uh, rubble of the building and then building something new out of dirt, concrete, steel. No. God speaks and it becomes. All he got to do is will it, speak it, the word, and it becomes. So he has a holy city. New Jerusalem, not old Jerusalem. All that stuff, Israel and Jerusalem, passed away. Let them fight over it. Passed away. God got a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven for us. Coming down of heaven from God. Made ready for a bride, like a bride adorned for her husband. And this is what we're looking forward to. Come on. You got to use that imagination of you uh, that God has given you. <clears throat> your imaginations and your thoughts and see this thing. This is the word of God. And guess what? If you can't see it, you can't have it. All right? So let's use our imagination. Say, bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. I'm ready. Bring it on. This is what Jesus is telling us about. So all of what we see going on here and all of what they're promising us uh, about a year, 20, 30, you'll own nothing, but you're guaranteed to be happy. And, of course, there was a young man. Oh, man, he was smiling. He had a <laughs> mouthful of teeth, beautiful teeth, and he was smiling like, oh, my God, like a pig in the mud. Very, very happy because that's the message they want to give to everybody. Satan wants to create a utopia down here. Well, there is no one. There will be no utopia down here. There will be misery and suffering, hardship, pain, bloodshed, diseases. Satan cannot do anything other than robbing, killing, and destruction. It's not in his abilities. It's not in his resume. Don't you understand that when man promises you something, Rich men, president, prime ministers, they promise. They're lying to you. They're liars. Because the devil cannot promise you anything of that nature. He's a liar. The Bible calls him he's a liar from the beginning. He's the father of all lies. What are they bringing the people into? What are they bringing the world into? It's, when you study communism and socialism, there's a word they use, and I, I recall that word. It's called collectivism. We own nothing, and all the people together, they say they will own everything. Collectivism. Owning nothing but happiness. Guaranteed, of course. This is what we call the new communism. 
where they pretend as if they are looking out for the people, but they're not looking out for the masses of the people, the poor and the needy. No. No. There's no Jesus involved. There's no love involved. They're looking for themselves. They're looking to call, C-U-L-L, the population of the people. They're saying even right now, too many people on the face of the earth. They've been saying that for years. At the time I was in university, in 73, they were talking about ZPG, zero population growth. They were talking about that. I learned that, secular humanism in university, too many people on the face of the earth. They've been talking about that from that time. And what do you think they had? Wars going on. And they, the objective of war is to kill the men. Allah, the Vietnam War. 58,000, they say now, back when it, back then I read it was 68,000 men died. Many injured, wounded in the Vietnam War. So when they have wars, you kill the men folk, injure the men folk, there won't be any children or babies being born. They weren't doing back then what they're doing now, sperm banks. Or one person having so many children, fathering children here, there, and everywhere, was a little bit different. So they have ZPG. And one of the reasons why they're teaching what they're teaching now and doing what they're doing now is to what? Reduce the population. They're transgendering the young boys and the young girls, cutting off healthy body parts, making them sterile, huh? infertile, not able to have children, abortion, aborting the babies, doing all these evils. Everything is done to what? Reduce the population. Wars bring about a horrendous war, starvation, food shortages. Everything is done to what? Population reduction. Satan does robbing, killing, and destruction. All of what we see is what? Collectivism, a new communism. Now, anytime you find something that you see going on today, know for sure that it has its roots in the Bible. You see it in the New Testament, it must be in the Old Testament because the New Testament is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. So what we're going to do is we're going to go back in the Old Testament and take a look and see what's going on and how everything went on. And I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to Genesis, the 47th chapter. Genesis 47. And we're going to look at someone we look at as a hero, biblical hero, and what he did. But what he did was, not against the people of God, but to the Egyptians, the people were not God's people. Now watch this carefully. Genesis 47 and 20. And it says, Joseph, he bought, purchased all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. Stop right there. Joseph purchased, bought all the land of Egypt, bought up all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. So Pharaoh was the king, typical of the government. Hmm? We don't have kings anymore. 
he was the administrator or the administration, Pharaoh, owned all the land of Egypt, everything, no private land ownership. Ponder that for a moment. He bought up everything, which means what? Everybody on the land were either renters or slaves. Nothing, no one owned the land. Is that what they're after today? You bet your bottom dollar. That's why these big major corporations like BlackRock and the other major corporations are buying up all the houses, buying up all the properties. It doesn't matter. They'll pay big money, three times the amount, two times the amount for a piece of property because they want to buy up all the lands. Now you know history is kind of rhyming, repeating itself. Why? The Egyptians sold every man his field because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's. I want you to see something here because history has a very curious way of repeating itself. And one person said, and I like that, if it doesn't repeat itself, it surely rhymes. So here we see the Bible says that at this particular moment in time, Joseph bought up all the real estate, all the land, the land of Egypt. Every part of the entire Egypt was purchased and owned by Pharaoh. The Egyptians, the people, sold every man his field. Everything was sold. Why? Because the famine prevailed over them. The famine was used to whip them. The famine ruled over them. What are you saying and what do you see here in the scripture? We're seeing that famine was used as a whip, Mm. as a power, as a weapon to rule over above people. I hope you see that. The famine was severe on the people. And the land became Pharaoh's because the people, so they could eat and preserve their lives, they sold their land for food. You ever go by the street corner, you go by a traffic light, you see a guy says, we'll work for food, walking around with a little sign, hungry, need food. God bless. Well, there's coming a time. Because history repeats itself. We find out for the past couple of years, all the chicken places are burning down. The wholesale chicken farms are burning. The meat places, the cattle places are burning down. Food processing places are burning down. The farms are being owned by the big Industrial, commercial farmers, small farms are going out. Small businesses are going out and they're being taken over by the big businesses. Well, the whip, the scourge over people. This is your Bible. And this has happened in Genesis 47. Tells us that the whip is going to be what? Famine, food, shortage of food. Not that there is a shortage of food, 
just a shortage among the people. Food will be used as a weapon to keep the people in line. All the land, the real estate will be sold, owned by the government. And all the people will sell everything they have. Everything. They'll sell their cattle, they'll sell their land, they'll sell everything they have. Why? For food. The famine ruled, prevailed over above them. So the land became Pharaoh's. You watch. It's going to happen. This is the word of God. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, it says, there's nothing new under the sun. What has been is now, and what is now shall be in the future. And we're looking at everything, all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. All the dominoes are being lined up to bring about exactly what the Bible stipulates is going to happen. So the famine was severe on them, critical famine. People were hungry. Everything they had, they sold. Houses, land, everything. The Bible says, you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Well, actually, that's what the World Economic Forum says, but the Bible says here that the people owned nothing. All the land was sold. Pharaoh owned every piece of land, every piece of real estate in Egypt. Now, verse 21 says, As for the people, look at this very carefully, as for the people of Egypt, he removed them. He removed them to where? To cities. From when one end of the borders of Egypt, even to the other end thereof. He moved them from one end to the other. He removed them to the cities. He removed them from the rural areas, the places where food would grow, because they bought up all the land, and he brought them into cities. Hint, hint. Now you get the idea of 15-minute cities. Once you're in those cities, you can't get out of those cities. Joseph moved the people to the cities from one end of the border of Egypt even to the other end. And he put them in cities. Why did he put them in cities? I'm glad you asked. Because in the cities he can control them. He's got them all gathered together in a more uh, a confined area. It's like bringing somebody into a prison. And then when you put them in prison, you got the prison yard, you got the prison building. Everybody knows where their cell is, and you can go to your cell. Certain time you go to the mess hall, you know where the bathrooms are. Then you go out into the place and the field and the yard for exercise. You got control. And that's what they're going to do again. Remember now. You will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Remember now, they want everybody in 15-minute cities. So all of what you see happening in the Bible here in Genesis 47, going to happen again. They got it on the drawing board. Why? Satan is an imitator of God. Ah. So, now tonight I want to teach you who's behind all this. 
Who's behind all this? The Satanists, those who worship Satan. Well, let's narrow this thing down a little bit more. Because you see, Satan, when he does something, he has to advertise what he's doing. Again, he imitates the Lord. Amos 3 and verse 7 says, Surely the sovereign Lord, the Lord God Almighty, will do nothing without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. He will tell his prophets what he's going to do. Then his prophets will tell the people. That's God. The secret of the Lord is with those who reverence him, those who are close to him. He'll reveal secrets to them. God is a good talker, you know. And all of what God has to say, it's already in the Bible. But when we get in this Bible and we, we begin to search this Bible, we'll begin to see the, what? Revelations of God. So God will talk to you. He'll talk your ears off, okay? About 4.30-something this morning, he'd been talking to me. I had to get up and get my notebook on the side of my bed, turn on my flashlight on my phone, and begin to write. So God will speak to you. Are you willing to listen to the Lord? Are you willing to write it down? Are you willing to tell the secrets that God tells you? Are you willing to reveal it to the people of God? That's my assignment. When he speaks, what I say, speak, Lord. Your messenger boy is hearing you. And I'll tell them. I'll teach them. Why? I've always been pr uh, praying and asking God, show me to show people. Teach me to teach people. Tell me to tell them. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. So God loves to talk and he loves to reveal, but he wants somebody to reveal too. The Bible talks about Adam in the cool of the day. God will come down and speak to him. God wants to speak to you. And even on a hot day like it was today, he still wants to talk to you. And when he begins to speak to you, you won't feel the heat of the day. Like I didn't feel the heat of the day today. Why? God has a way of cooling you and calming you. So, even Enoch. God loved to talk to Enoch. He was a talking partner. The Bible says, you know, I love to talk with Enoch so much. Enoch got so many questions. And Enoch was a good, he was so eager to talk to me. But what did God do? God took him. Say, come on up here, boy. I want to talk with you all the time. And he took Enoch with him. So God reveals to us and tells us in his word, who's behind all this? Who's behind all of what these plans are? There is a sinister group of people, men and women. They got money that you can hardly believe. They control money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evils. And who loves money more than bankers? The only thing bankers love more than money is more money. They love more money. And they desire to have more money than heart could wish. That is the root cause of every single evil under the sun. 
and we're finding out that this is where all this comes from. So the bankers, the lovers of money, Satanists, those who worship Satan. Did you know that Satan sits down and talks to people? Yes, he sits down and talks to people. He has his own church. He has those who worship him. And he has those who call him Lord. He has those who evangelize to him. And guess what? I used to be one of his evangelists. I used to be one of Satan's servants. So were you. The Bible says we were what? Born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And in sin did our mothers conceive us. But praise be to Jesus. He saw we were marked and predestined to be saved. And he saved us just on time. So who's behind all this? Those who serve Satan and call him Lord. They've got more money than heart could wish. They are extremely wealthy people. They have bought all the people out on the world, the world rulers. Now, first thing I want to get your attention to is Psalm number 2. And if you turn your Bible to Psalm number 2, I'm going to invite you to turn right there. Because you see, everything is in the Bible. It's in the Bible right here. It says, why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth. Who? The kings of the earth. Well, we don't deal with kings anymore today, other than one king over there in England. Yeah, he's, he's one of the bunch too. So we have presidents and prime ministers, rulers, kings of the earth, billionaires. They position themselves. They set themselves. And the rulers, the those who rule the world, they're in high position, high places. What do they do? They take counsel together. They form an association. They form a club, a unity, an association, a group. Today, we know it as the United Nations. Mm. Today, we know it as the WEF. World Economic Forum, and they have many other associations and groups that they come together and meet under the banner of United Nations, World Economic Forum, Conference and Foreign Relations, and all different other names. You name them. They're all Satan's doing. They don't gather together in the name of Jesus, but they take counsel together against the Lord God Almighty. And they take counsel together against his anointed, who is Jesus Christ. And what are they saying? Let's break their bonds apart. Let's break their hold. We don't want the word of God. We don't want people having faith in Jesus. We don't want the name of Jesus Christ to be uh, 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 preached upon the face of the earth. In the U.S. military, they say, hey, you cannot preach in Jesus' name. They don't want the name Jesus to be, to be uh, uh, preached and talked about. By the way, in the book of Acts, they told the disciples, you cannot preach in that name. They've been doing it ever since that day and that time. And they want to cast away the cords, the restraints of the word of God. We don't want to hear the word. They shut their ears. On the time of Acts, right after Jesus 
ascended into heaven. So you had the wicked, the children of Satan from that time until today. But what is God doing about it? The Bible says, he who sits in the heavens, he'll laugh. He's laughing at them. He'll have them in confusion, confounding. He's confusing them. So you look at these people and think they're intelligent, and these are the world rulers. They're in confusion. God has a trap set for them. God knows their very thoughts from afar off. And he has them in what? Confusion. Has them confounded. Has them in derision. The Bible says he'll speak to them in his anger, his wrath, and he'll vex them in his sore displeasure. He is going to terrify them. He is going to smite them. Do you want to make? And, and, and when God is dealing with this scripture here, and, it, and God shows what he's doing with these wicked people, I want you to think of a cat. When a cat catches a mouse, or even a little lizard, it pounces on it. When it pounces on it, it puts its paws on it. And when it puts its paws on it, it holds it down. And then when it does for a while, it releases it, and it makes the mouse or the lizard feel like you're free. Get away. And they run. They, 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 they bolt. And when they bolt, the little mouse bolts. Here goes the cat again. Pow! And he pounces on him. And he grabs him and he squeezes him down on the ground. And he locks him down. And he does it over and over and over and over. That little mouse will never get away. That little rat, that little ma, that little cat is going to make a dinner out of him. So what does he do? He pounces on him. And this is what God is doing with men. He's terrifying them in his anger. And he's telling them, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. You cannot unseat Jesus. You cannot dethrone Jesus. I told him, today, you're my son, and I'm your father. You're my only begotten son. And he said, Jesus, you ask of me, I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. I'll give you power to break them and dash them in pieces. And God says in verse 9, you will shatter them, break them with a, you'll beat them with a rod of iron. Kanamo shataya. You'll dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And isn't that what God is doing with them today? When they step out of line, God doesn't have to do, God will just pounce on them and give them enough rope to hang themselves. This is what I want to show you today. All of what you see going on in the world today, God is just giving them enough rope to hang themselves. They're going to hang themselves. They're hanging themselves right now. Why? Because they're in derision. They're in derision. They're in all manner, and they have no clue as to how to get out of it. They're in situation here. They don't know how to get out. They don't know how to solve the problem. And this is what he's doing with all these world leaders. And, of course, you see them in media, news media, television media, whatever you see on the Internet, and they think they're so bad. They think they're so important. And they just do a good PR campaign to make themselves look good. And I want to bring your attention today, tonight, I want you to look at a dollar bill. 
pull out a dollar bill out of your wallet or your pocketbook and look at a dollar bill. Because I want to show you something tonight. I want to leave you with this. On the dollar bill, I wrote this in my third book, and I believe I did in my fourth book also. On the dollar bill, you can consider a dollar bill as a calling card, a business card, because you do business with a dollar bill. You purchase with a dollar bill. And the single dollar bill is a very emblematic, very powerful symbol. Everybody has that. Not everybody has a $100 bill or a $20 bill, but everybody can get or has gotten a $1 bill. And if you don't have one, you never had one, never held one, you must be so wealthy <laughs> that you don't have to carry paper money. But look at the $1 bill. It's a calling card. And if you look on the back of the $1 bill, you'll see a pyramid. It's called a Great Seal of the USA. On the top part, it says Anuit Sepsis, C-O-E-P-S-I-S. -S. And you see an eye on the top of the pyramid. And they refer to the eye as he favors our undertakings. They refer to that as God, the eye of God. But the question is, which God? So he said, or it says, Anuit Sepsis, he favors our undertakings. And underneath the pyramid, and I don't have time to tell you everything about it, it says, Novos Ordo Seclorum. That's written underneath the pyramid. Novos Ordo Seclorum is a Latin word. It was a motto that was suggested in 1782 by Charles Thompson. It was the founding father chosen by the Continental Congress to come up with the final design on the Great Seal. And when we see that Novus Ordo Seclorum means the new order of the ages. In other words, it means the new world order, the NWO. So from that time, 1782 until today, all that planning has been made and all those years has pushed and pushed and pushed to where we are today. And you're making one final push to 2030 to get the job finished and get the new world order under their belt. Novus Ordo Seclorum, the new order of the ages, since 1782 till now. Ponder that for a moment. Now, what are we seeing today? Fast forward till today. We're seeing the decline in the American standard of living. This decline has been planned. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You mean what's going on? Yes, it has been planned from the beginning at the highest levels of American government. Don't you remember last election? They tell you about what? Build back better? How are you going to build something back and build it back 
better until you first tear it down. Come on, think for yourself. Start thinking. Build what back? And build it back better? What are you building back? Unless you first tear it down. Right? So all of everything has been planned from the beginning. The highest levels of American government was a plan to do what? Fail. A plan to create insecurity. <laughs> a plan to create uncertainty. A plan to make the American people serfs, slaves in the new world order. That's why they're doing what they're doing. <gasps> oh, my God. Well, look at the Bible and see what the Bible... How do you think they're going to get to that where uh, all the land is owned <laughs> by the government and uh, uh, the people will own nothing and be happy? That's the new world order. That's the new order of the ages. The planned destruction of America is all a part of the new world order. So the planned destruction of America is in the Bible. That's why you need my new book, Shocking Revelation of Mystery Babylon. And it's on their calling card. It's on the $1 bill. And what you're seeing today is the fulfillment of it. It's nothing strange. It's there, hidden in plain sight, on the dollar bill. And unfolding at warp speed right before our very eyes. Let me give you a little something now. After Afghanistan, America needed a new conflict, for sure. Because you see, America is a war economy. So America pulled out of Afghanistan just about uh, two years ago, a year ago, something like that. So they needed a new conflict, and they needed it quickly, because America is a war economy. All the previous wars, plus Afghanistan, left America broke. They needed money. They needed to sell military hardware. They knew the, they needed a new ready-made cash register quickly and urgently. And the only one that was going to supply that was what? Europe. All of Europe, NATO. And they would supply that with dollars. How would they supply that? War material. And then what's happening? manufacturing and the retail is shifting to America as the new manufacturing base. Why? They had a war with Russia. Russia was an energy giant supplier. They supplied oil. They supplied cheap gas and cheap oil to Europe. Europe was getting too rich, richer than America. But what did they do? Cause a cutoff, blow up the pipeline. Caused Russia not to send any more gas to Europe. No more oil. So where do they get the oil and the gas from today? America. And they pay three times to four times, the news media says, for the same oil and the same gas. All right? So the energy giant, the energy supplier, Russia, was cut off. And what's that got to do with the world today? Well, think about China also because they're putting China in the crosshairs. China is the manufacturing giant of the world. They're the giant supplier. 
So what are they doing? They're saying, China, you're an enemy. You're an enemy. So they have China in the crosshairs. So what do they want to do? They want to bring back manufacturing. They want to bring back everything back to America, where America begins to manufacture again, all kind of manufacturing. You see, when there is an energy crisis, it brings an economic crisis. There's a money crisis. An economic crisis will bring immigrant crisis. That's why when the money dries up in different places, people will leave those places and they'll migrate to where the money is. Did you know that many people are leaving Europe, coming to America, just like the people are coming across the Mexican border, coming over into America? Well, that's what's going on today. Well, it's going to put a strain on the budget. Well, it might be right now, but in the long run, they got it all planned out. They're planning for crisis. They want to slash and burn, destroy, tear down everything, and build it back better. When we talk about war and rumors of wars, we're seeing that when you look at the history of America, America has shied away from using uh, their own soldiers because, you see, when things get bloody, the American people cannot stomach that when the sons and the daughters of the Americans die. So what they're doing is they're using the other players of other countries as battering rams. These countries, like Ukraine, Ukraine is nothing more than a battering ram against Russia. And Ukraine is willing to sacrifice and suffer for American values, interests, and security. Hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian soldiers and mercenaries and all different kind of volunteers have died on the battlefields of Ukraine. At one point, they said over a thousand people were dying per day. They said it was well over a thousand. So do the math. 1,000 times 365, that's 365,000. And then not to mention those who are wounded, badly wounded, not able to fight again. This is what we are seeing. And when you look back at history, we see this has been done in World War One and World War Two. So what are we seeing? History will repeat itself. All right, this is what's going on today. When you read and you read and you study what's going on and you contrast it with the Bible, everything is a push to bring about that new world or the novus or those seclorum and bring about what the Bible stipulates. By the year 2030, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. That's what the devil wants for us. Well, not us that believe in Jesus. We are belonging to the kingdom of God. We have a king in the kingdom. His name is King Jesus. We're looking and seeing what's going on today. As I said, Ukraine is a battering ram to weaken Russia over time. This is what Secretary of Defense Austin has said. They want to weaken Russia with no U.S. blood being shed. That's no problem. Well, it's going to change. 
There will be bloodshed. There will be greater war. It's going to escalate. And things are going to change. But we in the kingdom of God, we are covered and protected. But again, as we began, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. I don't want you to lack knowledge how to defend yourself, defend your family, so that you are not swallowed up by all of what's going on. Why? Jesus told us to endure until the very end, thereby we'll be saved. I teach you the strategy of endurance so that when Jesus returns, we'll be alive and remaining in him to be caught up to meet him in the air. There is a strategy. There is a way. Yes, there is a way. And I want you to learn that way of staying safe and staying secure till Jesus returns. It's called Code 7 Warfare, taken directly from the Word of God. Once you do it, once you use it, nothing, as Jesus promised, shall by any means harm you. The Bible tells us, it stipulates to us, in the time of famine, you'll laugh at it. In the time of war, you'll mock it. God says, I'll feed you, and I'll protect you, and I'll take you through. That is the sworn promise of God Almighty. He will take care of you. Did you know it, or do you lack the knowledge of it? I want to bring you into the knowledge. Make sure you get that book, Shopping Revelation of Mystery Babylon. Till then, I will catch you next week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace till Jesus returns. Have yourself an awesome and an amazing night with a capital A. God bless you.